This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. Megan Barsulia is running over to the ballroom here at Dance Experience Nashville 2019, and she'll be right back. What are your names? I'm Barry Amato, my wife, Darianne. I'm sorry, I don't need to speak for you. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's fine. I'm Darianne Amato. Yeah. All right. And uh, what would you say are your primary roles in the line dance community? Oh, gosh. Well, well, Darianne and I actually started line dancing when we had a television show here in Nashville, the Wild Horse Saloon. Mm-hmm. And it was on the Nashville Network back from 1994 to 1997. And Darian and I were the producers, and we taught dance on the show every day. And we didn't realize at that time that there was this whole world bubbling under outside. So when our show went away, they syndicated our section, just our segment on the show, to CMT Latin America and CMT Europe. So that's what introduced us to the whole community as a whole on an international level. So we just kind of got thrusted into the whole uh, line dance world back from 1998, about 1998, and then we came off the road and retired from it in 2008. Mm. So, uh, so we go back. We're a little old school on it. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Very old school. So old school that there wasn't social media at the time. So, yeah, you had to like have a piece of paper to to uh, look at what the steps were to remind you. Or yeah, do they have actually, step sheets I, anymore? We do. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, probably. They're a lot easier to download or just access immediately exactly. off your phone. Or and there's all those videos, step sheets right. as well. So, but yeah, step sheets are still a thing. <laughs> and what is your relationship with music as well? Well, Darian and I come from a musical background. We were involved in music first before we were involved in dance. Um, and we still carry that on today. We own an entertainment production company here in Nashville. Uh, we produce live entertainment, which is all very musical driven, what we do for all the major corporate events that come to Nashville. So we're kind of carrying on the whole music and dance end of what we do prior to being involved in the dance community. But we always reference the dance community as far as the line dancers as something that was a, a, a a growing time for us. We learned so much about ourselves as just entertainers, instructors, choreographers, uh, a lot about just mechanics of our body and how to move them properly on a dance floor. Yeah, we we learned how to teach from some of the greatest instructors, you know, because we were exposed not just to the line dance community, but also to um, the couples arena and the ballroom arena and the Latin arena and the swing arena. And we were fortunate enough that those instructors that were so well versed in it were so generous of their time. And we would take a class and then we'd ask a few questions and, you know, we'd end up working the next event together. So then we would take a private from them and then, you know, you'd, you'd go in and see how well they would translate to a class or maybe unfortunately they didn't translate well to the class and so we learned both sides of it and I think it helped us to hone our skills as, as teachers in general mm. which helps us now really with our business you know what we do now for corporate events um, is a constant turnover so we get a kind of a one-off if you will um, a corporate event a large corporate event will bring 6,000 people to town and they'll say well we want this opening general session to kick off our festivities and we've got you know 6,000 people have to be there at 8 a.m. and so we want you to do a 15 minute song and dance number and so um, you've got three weeks to put that together hire you know 20 people choreograph it get all the music together um, you know we want you to rewrite all the words to this song and sing it this way because we want all of our stuff that's in uh, our company to be represented Represented, which makes it crazier because it's always a song you know really well and then you got to change it. Um, and so we have to pre-produce things quickly on our end. And so that means putting the choreography down, 
uh, and putting it on uh, like a private Facebook page hiring our talent and saying, go learn this before we get to the, because the, we'll have three rehearsals to do this in, you know, get this whole thing up and going. And so one of those has to take up a time for fittings for costumes, and then we've got to go through vocals and, and, and who's singing what, and make sure that all of that sounds good, and then put the dance to it and make sure that all, and we've got three rehearsals, and usually they're from 9 o'clock till midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, because it has to be after everybody's got their other stuff, you know, that, that they're committed to finish. So uh, the teaching skills that we learned when we were on the circuit really have wrapped around, and, and I think uh, it's benefited us, especially from a, almost a speed standpoint. You know, we can get the point across a lot quicker, um, and so, yeah, we credit this community for that, for sure. Are there any principles that uh, you would apply or recommend that we apply as instructors and choreographers out in the line dance world that uh, help people receive communication more effectively uh, or quickly, uh, as you were saying? You know, I think the thing that Barry and I benefited from, and we still talk about this, and, in, and are even surprised tonight to come in here, we've been off the circuit for 10 years, and to come in and still see familiar faces, and I think the thing that we took from it that we miss the most are the people. And there are certain instructors that get um, kind of focused on, I'm going to be here to do the job, and I'm going to do the job, and then I'm going to go on to the next thing. And for us, it was always the connection with the people. It was the, hey, let's go have lunch. You want to have coffee after? Hey, let's go sit down and chat for, you know, what, how's your mom doing? How's your dad doing? You said something about, you know, your whatever the last week, and what? how did that turn out? And so I think for us, it was the, the, the unending relationships and to say, hey, we've got friends in Japan, and this thing just happened there, and we need to get in touch with them, or we've got friends in South Africa, and those relationships, relationships are still there, and I think we cherish that most of all, because if you don't know the people, you're really cheating yourself out of the joy of what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this whole industry to us was very relational, and it was about building um, communication and just connection with the people in general, and making sure that why we're here is what what we're doing is for them. We're giving to them uh, and keeping that on the forefront of what we're doing and not about ourselves. And that's the one thing that we always tried to pride ourselves on was to be there for the people that paid good money to be here, that traveled clear across the country or from around the world to be here. And they were affording us to actually be here. So it's always putting that at the forefront of it. You're here for the people. Mm-hmm. Now, you've mentioned you know, friends in Japan, uh, having learned from all the, the best instructors and whatnot. And I'm, I'm curious, are there any folks that you've worked with over the years that you've become especially close with, that you still stay in touch with, uh, maybe uh, for whom you are especially grateful to have friendships? Well, South Africa, Cape Town, was um, probably a, a real pivotal point for us. We we went there for the first time, and the, the folks that brought us over, um, the Vandermoers, uh, brought us over what year was that 2007 2007. they had saved for two years because the exchange rate was was really 11 cents of to our dollar it was really very sad Uh, but they they saved for two years to bring us over we knew nothing about it we were so humbled and so flattered that they would even think to do that to bring us over they treated us like kings and queens but i think 
The biggest gift that we got from that um, really was two things. Uh, the first thing that struck us was that the dance communities over there get along. The ballroom community, the line dance community, the swing community, and they love to dance together. And that was astounding. I loved the camaraderie of that. We had, there was so much joy in all of it and so much uh, supportive. Uh, you know, uh, we'll support you, you support us, and that kind of thing. And I think the other thing for us, too, is um, we're Christian believers, and it's an overtly Christian community, and we didn't expect to be able to be able to um, share, you know, uh, uh, that part of ourselves, because when you do business and you're out in the world, um, you just hope to shine a light and, and, you know, be that person and if somebody asks you about well, why are you happy or why are you smiling and you get an opportunity to share that that's wonderful but we're not going to push that on to anybody so the fact that we got to go and be kind of open and people were asking us you know do you are, are you a, a follower of Jesus Christ and are you a believer in this and we and to say yes and and not have to be a little cautious about it for you know for whatever reason it was really uh, I think a, a life-changing experience for us and those relationships um, continue on and we stay in touch on a on a we probably talk to them once a month you know and just to see how everybody's doing because they're just lovely people and they were so open open-armed and open-hearted to us and it was a wonderful experience you've said it in a nutshell everything yeah um yeah, that's just been uh, an amazing thing. To come in here tonight, too, we haven't seen a lot of people in 10 years because yeah. I think our last event was like 2010. And uh, to see the people and still to be able to connect and pick up where we left off, you know you genuinely have made friendships in this community when you know that if you haven't seen somebody for 10 years that there you are and you pick up right where you left off. So it was about 10 years between 98 and 2008, and it's been you know about 11 years since then. How have you seen the scene change from when you guys started to when you put things on, we'll, we'll call it pause, we'll just say it's a hiatus, and then from then till now, how have you seen it uh, undergo changes? You know, when we first started the television show, our, our background was more in theatrical choreography, so when we would teach on the TV show, we were a little bit more difficult than where people were at the time. And we didn't realize that till the first time they brought us over to England for the launch of the British Line Dance Championships. And we got out on the stage with about a thousand British people out there for the, for the launch of it at a place called the Hammersmith Palais. And we started teaching all of these dances that we taught on television and realized they were saying that these were beyond their level. They weren't ready yet. And they weren't ready for that. Now you fast forward and we're sitting here, we're watching the dances and we're like, it's amazing to see how it has graduated over time. And, um, you know, the, the, the style, the level, uh, the complexity of the dance and everything has really taken on a new meaning. And how quickly the dances turn over. I mean, when we left the community, we were already um, kind of under the gun of, I, I was just saying to somebody else inside, um, that we would do an event, say, in, um, up in, in New England, and then the next weekend we might be out on the West Coast or in Arizona or wherever, and somebody would come up and say, well, I already know all of these dances because I was at the event last weekend in New England. And I'm like, 
Yes, but there's only been a week, and we had to go home, and we only had three days at home to wash our clothes and come out here. So I'm sorry that we don't have new dances for you, but we couldn't get them out there that quickly. And, you know, you see now, but I mean, back in our day, you know, we put together DVDs, and people would buy those. When we first started, it was VHS tapes, so there was all that. And now you can't because there's so much. You know, everything's digital. Everything is, is immediately up online. And so, yeah, it's just fast. Everything's really fast. And I feel like um, everything in society, not just this community, but everything we do from the time we get up in the morning has to be fast. And if it's not faster, then it needs to be faster. You know, and our whole, our everything world, worldly is really changing to that. We have this huge expectation of why we can't get it yesterday. And uh, I, I feel like we lose out on relational things we we lose out on quality we we lose out on the moment you know we we don't stay in our moment for very long because we're always thinking for the next thing and uh i think as you get older and and maybe more wisdom filled you start realizing that um one thing that the church that we belong to that our pastor says he's a very young man he's 31 but he's he's really wise and he says you know we 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 are here to do life together. We're not. We're not called to be separate. We're here to be together and relational. And as a society, no matter what you believe, we need to hold each other up, and we need to stay in the moment and enjoy each other and enjoy that that thing, that dance, that that ten minutes ago, whatever that is. And I think we're so fast paced that I wish we could kind of put the brakes on a little bit. I think it would help. Of those dances that used to stick around longer, are there classics that? you especially enjoyed dancing that you think folks today, if a class were taught in it, would still enjoy? Dances that, uh, that have stood the test of time. And along with that, do you have favorite choreography of yours that you're especially proud of? So just overall as a question, are there dances that, uh, that really stand out in the world of line dance? And then of course, at the end, we, there's a question we like to ask everyone that narrows things down a little bit. But uh, if you have like a you know, top 15 or so, of uh, favorite classics as well as your own choreography. Well, we say classics only because at this point in time we're so new to it that right. pretty much anything in the last four years is, you know, yeah. oh, okay, this is a new oldie goodie. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Well, I noticed that there was some of the more classic dances being done right before we came out here with you all, and I noticed the floor wasn't as full. I think things become convoluted because... It's not always good to have to have more. It would be nice, and I think it would be great to have more classic events where you go back and you reinvent these dances for the new people who have come along who have not had an opportunity to experience some dances that have become staples in the community, but the new people don't even know about them because they've just been pushed aside. Because again, convoluted is the word that I can only think of that kind of sums it all up, is that they really need to bring them back out again because I think that they still, they equate to the level of where things are at right now. They still would be accepted by the community that's thriving for that extra hard, you know, advanced dance that they're looking for. Because um, there was plenty of dances out there with plenty of tags, plenty of restarts, plenty of A, B, C, D, F, G, all that. So they were all out there back then. Um, for us, our first dance that threw us out into the community uh, was a dance called Do Your Thing. Uh, that was our first dance. Uh, we did co we did collaborate with Max Perry and Kathy Hanyati on that dance, uh, but that was like our first dance that really uh, gave us 
global recognition. But Darian and I, we kind of came into the community in an unconventional way. We had the TV show. When the TV show went away, people were aware of us because of the TV show. So we didn't have to work our way up in the ranks like a lot of people having a famous dance or or winning uh, a particular competition. So we were able to kind of jump into the frying pan, so to speak, and just kind of catapult with everybody else because of that. Um, but there is a lot of classic dances through the year. My gosh, though, you're sending me back here, flashback, trying to remember some of them. I remember a lot of Joe Thompson's old dances I used to love. Hardwood Stomp, I used to love that one. But Darian and I, we're avid country fans. We love country music. We live in Nashville. Country music has always been part of who we are. Um, we love it when people revert back to it because it's the thing that really got everything started. So it'd be nice to see a, a good flow and a good mix of country music coming back into the scene. And you hear a lot of people say that there's not enough good country music out there to dance to. Not true. Yeah. I would I would not agree with that statement. I think one of my favorite, well, two two dances. One, I don't know that it was necessarily a classic, but um, Rob Fowler came out with a beautiful waltz to a song called "Welcome to Mystery" that was off the Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, and it was beautiful. It was it was it flowed so beautifully, and the floor looked gorgeous when people were doing it because he constructed it in such a way that it was like this little school of fish, and they all just moved the same way, and it was just elegant and and it felt good when you danced it. Um, but I think probably. One of my very favorites was one that Barry choreographed to a Restless Heart song. Um, what's the name of the song? Dream. The name of the song Tell is me Tell Me What You Dream by Restless Heart. And, and uh, at the time, uh, Louis St. George was uh, big on the circuit as, as the... Um, as the DJ, and he played it incessantly because he loved it too. But it was, again, one of those flow type of songs that just, it felt good to do it, and it fits so well. And I think those two kind of, for me, are the, the ones that I go, oh, I, w- I, w- I would just want to be on the floor for those, you know. So we've got Hardwood Stomp, Wonderland Waltz, and Tell Me, what was that? Tell Me What uh, You're Dreaming. Tell Me What You're Dreaming what you're was the name of the dance. Oh, dreaming. I see, okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Now, uh, for people... And I'm going to pass the mic over to, to Megan as well. But uh, just for um, folks who are listening to all this and thinking, oh, wow, this, these people are so interesting. I've got to ask them follow-up questions. What's the best way that they could reach out to you and communicate with you? You know, we, we don't do an awful lot of social media. We do we are on Facebook. So people can find us under Barry Darian Amato because we have a, our Facebook pages together. How do you spell those two names? Uh, B-A-R-R-Y, mm-hmm. D-A-R-I-A-N-N-E, A-M-A-T-O. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barry Darian Amato. Uh, so we would love to hear. It's been great tonight connecting with yeah. folks from yesteryear, so to speak. Um, we'd love to just catch up with people like this more often. We don't get an opportunity to jump back into uh, events or anything to see people. So it's been nice that there's been one in our backyard that we can actually reconnect with people again. So. I probably should mention most of the time, you know, at the events, Saturday evening holds some kind of a performance or a show. And I think Barry and I are kind of responsible for the start of that because (laughs) when we, uh, the first event, I think that we got hired for, and I can't remember which one that was, but I remember us saying we were so zealous and, you know, our, our background is live entertainment. And so that's what we came from singing and dancing and doing shows and whatever. So when they hired us, we said, um, well, on Saturday night, if you want, you know, we could sing a song or we could do a dance exhibition for you or something and the, and the, the uh, director was like you would do that 
And we said, well, yeah, well, you're hiring us for the weekend, so we just assumed you would want us to do something. You know, we figured there'd be something that you would expect. And they're like, well, okay. So then they started kind of putting it in people's contracts that they wanted that on the Saturdays. And I think some of the other instructors were like, you started this. You, you show people. <laughs> I think that might not have been the most favorable thing. (laughs) One thing that was uh, really rewarding for Dariana, we would release our own CDs Mm -hmm. and then we would commission like Joe Thompson, Max Perry, John Robinson, um, Michael Barr, Barr, Michelle Michelle. Burt and all of them. And they would all choreograph a specific dance that would go to each one of the tracks. Mm -hmm. So we would go into a particular event and we would sing the songs live while everybody would do the dances that were taught during the weekend. So that was always a really rewarding thing for us to do as well. Yeah, it kind of made it a little, kind of like a family project in a way, you know, and wherever we went, we got to take them with us. So that was really neat. We love that. All right, I'll pass the mic over here to Megan and uh, catch some of her thoughts and questions. Well, um, I know it's been a little while since you guys have been on the scene, so to speak, but you guys have so much knowledge and so much wisdom and so much advice for anybody who's getting into dance now or looking to do their own choreography or even begin instructing what are some of the things that you think you might be able to just kind of pass on to them just to kind of keep their eyes open and their mind like thinking as they're going through their journey well you know choreography is something that just comes from your heart So my encouragement would be not to just grab a song and try to do anything. Make sure it's a passion, the song, what you're feeling. Um, Watch other people around you. Watch their their style, their technique, their approach, um, their phrasing, their musicality. Learn from the people around you. Don't be afraid to expose yourself to knowledge around you because that's the only way you truly grow is if you embrace what everybody else is doing and kind of just take a piece of this and a piece of that and then make it your own thing from there. And I think a lot of people over the years, if you watch the style of a lot of the the choreographers and instructors that are on the circuit, everybody has a little taste of each other. And I think that's because everybody's been open to learn from each other and not just close themselves off. So make it more of a heart, passion thing for yourself. And when you create that piece of uh, that dance to that piece of music, you know, don't just let it organically find its place. Don't try to overkill by putting it out there or pushing it too hard because if you throw something against a wall and it sticks, it's going to stick. So you don't have to worry about that because it will naturally organically happen. I think for me it goes back to um, when I first started teaching. I, I got so caught up in making sure that I... I said all the right things and did all the right things and I put so much pressure on myself to get it all right and perfect and it wasn't until you do or say the wrong thing or something happens like you realize your your zipper is down and you've done it through the whole class your zipper's been wide open and people have been snickering and laughing but it's those moments where you realize you need to come back down and just be one of the people that you're out there with you're 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 on no other level you're just one of the dancers that has a certain amount of information that you're going to share with everybody. So stay in the middle of them. You know, don't put yourself up on a pedestal. Don't put yourself off to the side. Get in the middle of everybody. Share your information. 
and then see how you connect with them because the more personal relationships you make with them and the more you verbalize with them, the more you learn how they talk, how they think, how they react, and that helps your teaching skills. And, and then you make friends too. So it's, it's in the goofy moments or the silly things that you say or whatever that I think your uh, teaching skills really start to turn into um, just things that you remember instead of it just being, you know, that go through the motion scenario. Okay. Right. Now, I have one and a half questions <laughs> that, uh, that I like to ask everyone, one of which, and, and I'll, I'll let you know now what they are so you can like sit and think and, and chew on them. And then there's another question that occurred to me just in, while you were speaking. Uh, so I'd like, to, I'd like to ask people if there's a message that you can share with everyone as though it were a giant billboard on the highway of line dance, just something that they're going to see quickly and, and think about and, and take with them. What would that be that you think would you know, benefit everyone in, in some way? And then the other is kind of in a, a related vein, what is one dance that you'd recommend that everyone take with them of any level? Could be one of your own, could be somebody else's, uh, it could be a classic that you think should, should survive, it, should, it could be a new one that you think should have more exposure. Uh, if there's one dance you'd recommend for everyone at every level to learn, what would that be? But while you're thinking about that, here's another completely unrelated question. <laughs> <laughs> this makes three questions. Okay. Yes. So you have the message you would tell everybody <laughs> and the song. Mm -hmm. okay? Okay. okay, so those are your, those are your okay. bullet points, right. the message okay. and the song. And then the other one is, uh, Megan and I, as you can see, you know, work as a team with Lion Dance Podcast, and we travel to all kinds of different places, and you two are one of the rare teams in Lion Dance history as well. I'm curious, how has working as a team informed your instructing and choreography and just general body of work, as well as um, quality of life? Personally, uh, I would have never embarked on this journey if I couldn't have done it with Darianne. Um, you know, Darianne and I have been together for 31 years. Yes, and uh, we have done everything together in our lives as far as professionally and personally. Uh, not only are we married, but we're also best friends. So it's the memories that we've created through this whole process are something that we can reflect on together. And it's not something like I go home and go, gee, honey, I was in Tokyo the day. I wish you were with me. Oh my goodness, it was the most incredible experience. We can reflect on it together. And we've got all these years of these memories of things that we've done and the accomplishments that the line dance community afforded us that we now can talk about from here on out. Um, we actually met working together. So we were in a show and so at the time he was uh, actually dating a, a cast member and I was dealing with costuming and that kind of thing and we just became friends first and foremost and uh, and then later on we we started dating and it, I, I fast forward quite a few years but it was after we got married and there was in, in, in 2010 there was a, a disparaging um, flood that happened here in Nashville and it, it took out a huge amount of of the city, it was it was just devastating. And where we work at Opryland Hotel, with a lot of the convention things that we mentioned that we do, the ho hotel was closed for three months because Hazmat had to come in, and it was just 19 feet underwater. It was insane. And we had to go out and get separate jobs, like odd jobs. I was working at a craft store, and he was working as a concierge at a hotel, and um, and. It was uh, that moment in our relationship of being apart that 
was stressful and difficult where most people would say to you if I worked with my husband or my wife or my partner I would kill them you know <laughs> for us it was the opposite we I think we found there was we um, for a very very short season we had like almost tension you know in our relationship when we would come home it was a weird thing and it was luckily for a very tiny window but um but we're completely opposite that way because we've always known working together and having that um, almost safety net, I guess, if you will. So it was, it was like something got ripped out from under us, and it was, it was kind of scary and creepy and all of those weird things. Um, but yeah, we just we've done everything together, and I learned how to teach from him. I was, you know, a fraidy cat, and he was great at it. And I just, so you, you understand, yeah. And I, I watched him, and you know, and he learned from the best, and so I consider learning from the best too. And and uh, yeah, just everything we do, even in our business now, you know, he's, he kind of leads and what why we have the business that we have is because of his business sense and, and I'm um, creative in different areas and so it just complements each other and and it just kind of connects and clicks so yeah it's just always been a good thing for us hmm. all right the billboard question if somebody is listening to this episode they started it and like, oh I only I don't have 20 minutes I only have about 30 seconds <laughs> what would the thought be that you would hope that they take with them to quote John Michael Montgomery, life's a dance as you go. Sometimes you lead, sometimes you follow. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I love it. That's probably the best one I've heard yet. I love it. Uh, mine was going to be kind of relational to that, I guess. Dance like everybody is watching and enjoy it. There's actually a, a podcast called Dance Like Everyone's Watching by Andrea Molbauer. No she recently got married to the person that she was working on the podcast with. So congratulations oh, to her. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Now, oh, the dance. Okay, I'm going to ease the pressure a little bit. It doesn't have to be just one. If you have like one or two that you're like, oh, this one and that one, and it's okay if you forget, but just in general, one that maybe just really spoke to you that you think when was it was on the floor, people just really just, the energy was just there and it, the, you know, being together in the unity or the joy or whatever it is, something. Wow, that is a tough question tough. because first of all, you know, we're going back a lot of years now and there's a lot in the filing cabinet <laughs> since then. Um, so we've always been very big fans of Michelle Perron. Yes. Uh, love her dances. Uh, her sense of musicality and finding the nuances to hit were always so unique. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact if it was a dance of Michelle's that went really big, like Push, mm -hmm. or if it was one like Kansas City, which was more difficult, but wasn't really as notable as some of her other dances or some other big dances that have been out there just always enjoyed the the feel good that I would receive doing her dances and I hope she's out there listening because I think that Michelle is uh, one of the mo most prolific choreographers that has been on the scene uh, in a long time and has done a lot of great work uh, so Michelle if you're out there listening hats off to you yeah, I agree completely and you know to add to that uh, you would always know uh, there were certain events that we did out on the West Coast that Michelle would be um, instructing at and we'd be able to work together. And you could always see her students that were there, even if you didn't know if she taught them by the way they danced. Because she 
is such an excellent teacher and she didn't just teach steps she taught the technique she taught the reason behind it she taught the body mechanics she taught all of the the all of the everything in your execution uh, and why you should do it that way and she educated her people so really any one of her students could have taught a Michelle dance and stepped in for her because they they were given so much knowledge and I think I respect her so much for that because when she teaches a class and you've, you've learned that dance you haven't just learned steps you've learned how to better execute things as a dancer you know I, I just want to add to you know and this may not stem off of this question but talking about learning and teaching we have a friend who uh, we're very proud to say she's our friend. Her name is uh, Tony Basil, and she's a, a famous choreographer. Uh, her latest project, she just choreographed the Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's also the singer of the song Mickey, the pop culture song Mickey. She came to Nashville. We got together with her, and the thing that I took away, and to this day I still think about as a choreographer, and I think it's a good message for everybody, you never stop learning. As accomplished as she is from choreography for Janet Jackson, Mick Jagger, Bette Midler, and all of the movies and everything she's done, she wanted to learn something, a style that she didn't know from us, and she was more than willing to just break herself down and go, I don't know this style, teach me. So. It doesn't matter what level you achieve, you should always be striving to get better and never stop at a plateau and go, I've arrived. Yeah, she was, she saw the Opry Cloggers down on the plaza um, downtown and she contacted us and she said, I'm here to stage Leanne Womack's concert. And she said, I've seen this group of people down there and they're doing something called clogging and I was given your names and I, this is the way she said it. I need to know how to do that because I've never seen it before. And we were fortunate enough to have dinner with her that night and I was trying not to completely geek out. Um, but we're sitting across the table from this iconic woman who had, at that time was in her late 50s um, and she had this ridiculous resume of all of these famous people and all of the famous things that she's done and she's she's asking us questions and we're having this conversation like we've known each other for you know years and um, later on fast forwarding we were on a long layover in um, LA and we thought we're gonna just call her and see if we could have coffee today we had like a 10-hour layover so we got a rental car called her she said yeah just come by the house I'm home today I live at, I live on the street that runs into the Hollywood sign and we were like holy cow so she wasn't kidding we, we drove up to this beautiful little bungalow that she had and she had her gold uh, Mickey record hanging over her antique vintage stove in her kitchen which I thought was really weird uh, but she was just she we're sitting in her living room. She has two hairless cats, which were very creepy, but very loving because they were cold or whatever. And so we're talking and she's having this conversation about how she is uh, choreographing and staging Bette Midler's diva tour, um, which was like the fourth or fifth one that she had done for Bette. And they've been these lifelong friends and they're best friends. And she's talking about Bette Midler like, you know, I talk about the guy that, you know, cleans my teeth at my dentist's office and and we're just mesmerized by her and she starts going on and on about all the difficulties or the issues with this or the something with that and I'm like 
holy cow, she deals with all the same things we deal with. Of course, we're down on the, you know, on the lower end, way lower end of the totem pole. Uh, but she's dealing with the same things on a more epic scale with a you know, bigger budget in place for it. But it was really cool to, to hear her talk about these things and, and be able to relate in some capacity, uh, and, but yet see her have this, I think all in all, have this insatiable desire and need. Like she has a need to know some kind of dance that she doesn't, she's never witnessed before. She's got to know it. She's got to learn the mechanics. Not just what are the steps. I need to know the history of it. Where did it come from? How did it originate? Who brought it here? Where did it, you know, all of those things. And then she needs to know exactly how to do it. All the nuances, all the things. And I, I was so struck by that. So struck. <laughs> All right, so your answer may have been Push as your dance that you'd recommend, or just in general, the I portfolio. Really liked, um, push, I really enjoyed Push. It was a simple dance, 32 count, four wall, no, no bells or whistles as far as any tags, restarts, or anything. So it was just one of those fun dances. The, the, the uh, Danny Minogue song, Push, was just a great track, fun. It stayed with you. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's one that, if, if I had to say one that just comes to my mind right away. Right. Obviously, if I had an opportunity to stop and think about <laughs> historically where we've been and everything. Oh yeah, but if you, if you took the time, you'd have like 60, and you're like, how do I choose my favorite <laughs> yeah. child? Yeah. You so know? true. It's so true. You know, you said Kansas City. I think that was probably one of my, my favorite ones. It was just one of those fun, funky, groovy kind of things, and everybody smiled when they were on the dance floor doing it, you know, Perfect. and that was fun. I that like was that. super fun. Yeah. Any final thoughts from Megan before we let them back onto the dance like, floor? Other than the fact that it's been an absolute treat sitting with you guys, it's been absolutely amazing, and I love your energy, and it's just it's contagious. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time or giving yeah. us the opportunity to speak to the line dance community again because it has been a long time, and uh, you know we're big fans of when the magazine was out, Line Dancer Magazine, and uh, we you know obviously we miss the hardcore publication. <laughs> But, you know, <laughs> as long as, yes, yeah, the whole tangible, but as long as it's still going on digitally, hey, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. we miss uh, it, but we're happy to be here. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on Line Dance Podcast. Until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.